Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 4th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. The podcast is back in its usual format this morning after a break over Christmas. So Happy New Year to all of our listeners. On today's show, I'll be talking about how the markets have kicked off the year with Roman Canciani. And Norbert Rucker is on the show this morning as well. And I'll be talking to him about oil, particularly in light of the current geopolitical situation. So let's get started with you, Roman. Good morning. Good morning, Helen. So the main market news then, European markets could not resist the lead of Wall Street yesterday, which had started the trading year with a slump, the worst first trading day of the year since 1999 in both bonds and equities, according to Bloomberg. Um, Roman, could you start by telling us a little bit more about the trading day in Europe yesterday? Yes, well, it really was a rough start for markets in Europe yesterday with uh, government bond yields across the board some 10 to 12 basis points higher than last week. And a lot of talk about that markets may got ahead of themselves in their breathless uh, year-end rally. And it seemed that investors picked up all the losers from last year while selling the winners. Switzerland, for example, led uh, by its three heavyweights, uh, Nestle, Novartis and Roche, all of which uh, heavily underperformed last year, was a relative winner across Europe yesterday. Uh, The SMI uh, Swiss market index closed up by 0.3%, outperforming the rest of Europe by roughly 1.5%. Right. But what have you seen in terms of the potential drivers of these moves? What's had the biggest impact on markets? First, uh, there's growing skepticism about the likelihood of aggressive and imminent rate cuts, uh, which is weighing on markets. Uh, Traders have been quite aggressive in reducing their rate cut bets since the beginning of the year. I mean, they're still pricing in rate cuts in both the US and the Eurozone for Q1, but the probability has just gone down. And secondly, it's this re-emergence of geopolitical and supply risk with uh, Maersk, the container shipping company, as a case in point, uh, as it announced that it's going to keep its fleet off the Red Sea route because of the situation with the Houthi rebels there. Uh, That's obviously bad news because longer supply routes disrupt the supply chains and increase costs. And the tragic events in Iran have also raised new concerns about the situation in the region. So the only thing that has really gone up with the growing risk of sentiment is the US dollar, which has now risen for four days in a row. And of course, oil, which was up 3% yesterday and is higher again this morning uh, with a barrel of Brent uh, changing hands at just under 79 US dollars. Okay, and we've already had a lot of data, especially from the US, right? Has this confirmed the hangover mood? Yes, you're right, Helen. Well, the first week of every month is full of US labor market statistics. And yesterday we got the Scholz job opening report uh, and it showed a further easing in new job openings to the lowest level since early 2021. This figure, which confirms the cooling demand for labor in the US, together with the latest ISM manufacturing index, which came in below the 50 point mark, uh, suggesting that the US manufacturing sector remains in contraction mode, uh, led to to US Treasuries clawing back all their losses while equity markets continue to tumble. And later, the minutes of the Federal Reserve's uh, December meeting revealed that the central bank believes monetary policy is likely to remain restrictive for some time to come, taking some more of the steam out of traders' bets for near-term rate cuts. So nothing really to shake up the subdued market sentiment then. How did the markets take it all in? 
While well, US equities continued to slide with the S&P 500 index closing down 0.8% and only three of its 11 sectors posting a positive performance on the day. Energy uh, by a wide margin, utilities and telecoms ended the day in the green, while real estate and consumer discretionary were the worst performing sectors. The uh, tech sector was also in the red again yesterday. The Nasdaq 100 fell another 1.1% for the fourth day in a row, uh, its longest losing streak in two months. And as mentioned before, US Treasury yields have staged a small comeback after a weak start of the year, with the benchmark 10-year yield now back well below 4%, currently trading at 3.91. However, there are also losers in the fixed income space to report on this morning, uh, namely US high-yield bonds, which saw their average credit spreads widen by a whopping 18 basis points yesterday alone as sentiment soured. Okay, uh, let's turn to markets in Asia now. What's been going on there overnight? Well, stock markets there are all down this morning, with the exception of the Japanese Topics Index, which closed a fraction higher after Bank of Japan Governor Katsuo Ueda said they were ready to fully support the financial system following the earthquake earlier this week. Uh, but in Asia, the main story is China, where data showing that wages offered to Chinese workers in major cities fell by the most on record sent equity markets lower. The Shanghai CSI 300 index was down more than 1% when I checked a few minutes ago. Meanwhile, Chinese government bond yields fell to their lowest level in more than three years on market chatter that the People's Bank of China is likely to keep monetary policy loose to reignite economic growth. Right. And what should investors look out for today in terms of economic data? Well, there's a couple of things on the agenda today. We'll have uh, UK mortgage approvals uh, data later this morning and a little uh, later on then preliminary German CPI data for December. Uh, in the US, we have more data on the labor market situation with the ADP employment change report and initial jobless claims for this week. And also the UN releases its world economic situation and prospects report. So there's a lot for global markets to digest today. However, in terms of market action, things are looking a little better than they have in the last two or three days, with uh, US stock markets futures uh, currently pointing to a small bounce back in early trading this afternoon. That's it from me. Very good. Thank you very much, Roman, for the roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Norbert, good morning, firstly. Welcome to the show this morning. Good morning, Helen. So the new year has started as last year ended with lots of geopolitics. What's keeping the oil market on its toes today, in your view? Yeah, indeed, the oil market is really full of headlines of geopolitics. Well, there are, for example, as we heard before, the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea, which is kind of a major shipping route uh, for goods generally, but also for oil. And then we have the Israel-Gaza war still ravaging. Um, over the past days, there were two kind of major assassinations on Hamas and Iran military leaders in the region. This is obviously then also creating or raising the fears about that escalation of this conflict, a fear that had been very prominent early on in October and early November. So the Middle East has lots of the usual politics and uncertainties these days, and this is something the oil market clearly has an eye on. And do you think there's a risk to oil supplies then because of these events? Well, these kind of geopolitics in the Middle East are always a risk in the background, sometimes a bit more looming, more present, sometimes a bit less, but we should not overestimate them. It still seems less likely that the Israel-Gaza war becomes a broader conflict in the region with the direct involvement of Iran, 
simply in fear of the consequences this would bring for Iran, but also for Israel directly. So as in the past, rational cool heads should prevail. Even with an escalation, the consequence for the oil market could be less straightforward. Uh, first of all, oil is really Iran's economic lifeline. So in part, this conflict is fueled by money coming from the oil market. And also the United States, as another kind of superpower in the background, has very little appetite for another spike in oil prices. And if you look at the shipping specifically, so basically the recent attacks in the Red Sea, well, the oil tankers have alternatives, and one of them is being simply taking the longer route around the southern tip of Africa. What's our general outlook for oil then, Norbert? We see oil prices trading in the 70s, maybe somewhat lower from today's levels. And the oil market generally should be well balanced with ample supplies to meet demand this year. Oil production growth in North America, and it does so also in South America, which really offsetting the impact of the cuts that we see from the patronations. And if you look at demand, there we only expect marginal growth because the economic situation overall remains on the soft side, given the strong growth we had over the past years, and especially because the structural headwinds continue to pick up incrementally. And these headwinds on the structural side come from the energy transition and come from the strong sales of electric cars, basically meaning there's no more more cars on the roads which no longer need any oil-based fuels. Um, based on these trends, for example, there's now talk that we might see a peak in Chinese oil demand around this year. This is really something that we also have in our projections. And besides geopolitics, oh, there are some uncertainty elements too, which basically involves patronations and a potential adjustments to their policy, where they seem to be struggling to really work this out and have an impact on the market. And last but not least, in the very near term, there's a very pronounced bearish market mood in the futures market. And this warrants the usual reversal of upside risks in the very near term. So in short, uh, we see overall oil prices trending somewhat lower and we stick to our neutral view. That's it from the oil market. Excellent. Thanks very much, Norbert. Great to get your thoughts on this this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.